It's time for Love Talk with the Lovelies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. You have found the Love Ladies, and we are so glad that you have joined us here on the Bridge Austin Central Texas Christian Talk. I am Coach Carrie Brinkgater. I'm in the Love Talk studio with Marlene McMichael and Kathy Enderbrock. Hello, ladies. How's it going? Hi, Kath. Hey, Coach Carrie. It's great. I'm having a wonderful time and just so grateful to be with everyone today. Marlene, what's up with you? I've had a really busy week, um, but uh, I'm I'm doing great and uh, looking forward to today's show. It's July. And it's hot. <laughs> what? It's July. Y'all know what that means? This year, I turned 50 this month. How crazy oh, wow. is that? I know. And my kid, I'm about to be an empty nester. It's all the things. Kathy, you're about to be an empty nester, too. I am just a couple more months. Mm -hmm. September, we take our baby up to Colorado, kiss her goodbye, and come home to an empty house. That'll be be a new one. So, friends, when you join us in September, here's the big question. Will it be Yahoo or Boohoo, Kathy, that you get? (laughs) I'm not sure. I know. That's exactly right. I can't. Both of you will be that way. Well, I know. I know. I've been an empty nester for a long time. (laughs) I got it down pat. We're going to come to you for tips and tricks. I, I can't believe Faithy starts so late i mean i take logan to college three weeks before faith goes that's so i'm gonna be an empty nester three weeks before you okay (laughs) so you can hold i'll hold your hand and then you can hold mine you know it's crazy because um they are on the quarter system where she's going so uh, the good thing i mean you know logan is going to be probably finishing up his school year his academic year in may Mm -hmm. while faith won't actually finish until almost june the 10th Mm -hmm. yeah that's so a little little bit uh, a little interesting there but so fun so excited for our kiddos well friends um we do want to go ahead and mention, and Kathy uh, wants you to go ahead and mention, you know, our our mentor, our legacy. Ms. Evelyn Davison passed away a few weeks ago, and her memorial service is today, actually July the 1st. Um, so if you're listening to this in the morning at 10 a.m. here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, uh, you still have time to make it over to the church at 2 o'clock. Yeah, and that is First Baptist Church in Pflugerville, Texas, so right near Austin, right near Round Rock, Cedar Park, Georgetown, all of those towns right in there. You have about a 15, 20-minute drive, depending on 35 traffic, to uh, get down there. And so, friends, if you have been listening to this program for a few years, uh, Miss Evelyn started it about 38 years mm-hmm. ago, and... Um, and it has just, it's been just a, an impact to so many lives throughout the state of Texas and, and throughout this amazing nation. Well, Ms. Evelyn did pass away earlier this month. And so our, the Memorial July 1st, which is Saturday, 2 p.m. at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. It's 306 South 10th Street. And the Davison family, uh, in Davison family fashion, has extended an invitation to whomever wants to come. So if you've been listening and you think that's, I, I would love to go and uh, celebrate with everyone and say goodbye. And um, you just come on down uh, to First Baptist Church, Pflugerville, 306 South 10th Street, 2 p.m. in the main sanctuary. Carrie and I will be there. We'd love to have you with us. Absolutely. And we'd love to to meet you as well. So if you if you see us, um, please introduce yourself uh, because we just want to honor Miss Evelyn in the grandest way. And I'm so grateful for her and just the impact she's had on my life. So I'm looking forward to the service um, now. And and next week we'll do a tribute program. Yes, so yes, if yes, you're yes. wondering who is this, if you if you've just recently started listening in the last couple of years and you think I you know I just don't know who this Miss Mrs. Evelyn Davison is, well next week we are going to do a tribute program. And uh, listening friends, if you are hearing this and you want to contribute to that tribute program, you can uh, reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram at Love Talk Radio, or you can call into the K- uh, KTXW studios and record a short 30 second uh, tribute that we can play as well and you know coach Carrie Marlene I I just think it's so fitting that her memorial is over Independence Day weekend I I just love that because Mm -hmm. Miss Evelyn loved talking about the freedom freedom we have through Jesus Christ and celebrating that freedom celebrating the life 
uh, that he gave us. And Miss Evelyn, boy, she she celebrated big. She was a big personality with a big heart that just poured love out to everyone as she discussed and shared the freedom that that Christ gives. And so I know that she's dancing in heaven today over this Fourth of July weekend. I think it's so fitting. And friends, if any of you make it down there, we look forward to uh, to uh, just giving you a hug and hearing about the impact that she has had in your life. And so, all right, ladies. So today we have an incredible program with an amazing guest, and we are going to be talking about the unopened present. Mm-hmm. That's right. We are welcoming back an award-winning author and very special guest who's been with us at least twice before as we prepared for the uh, National Day of Prayer. And so today we are excited to talk to him about his new book, which is titled The Unopened Present. And he's written it to help us step into each day with wisdom, peace, and purpose. And uh, so, Kathy, I'm going to let you introduce him, but um, I'm going to read the key verse. Is that all right? Perfect. Okay. So this is our verse today. It's the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge for the ears of the wise seek it out. And that's mm. Proverbs 18:15. Mm. I love, I love that proverb. Well, our very special guest who we are introducing today is Mr. Richard Battle. He is a multi-award-winning author, Amazon bestseller, with 10 books in print. He's a media commentator, appearing on radio and television. He's been a motivational speaker and trainer for over 30 years on topics of leadership, sales, and faith. His servant leadership includes the boards of many organizations, including the Shepherd Leadership Institute, Muscular Dystrophy Association, and Keep Austin Beautiful. Texas Governor Rick Perry appointed him to the Texas Judicial Council and the Texas Emerging Technology Fund. As president of the Austin Junior Chamber of Commerce, uh, when he was um, president, the U.S. Junior Chamber of Commerce recognized Richard's chapter as the most outstanding chapter in the United States, and the Junior Chamber of Count Commerce International recognized Richard as the outstanding chapter president globally. He also has emceed the 2021, 2022, and 2023 State Prayer Breakfast with keynote speakers Ann Graham Lotz, David Barton, and Nick Vujicic. So he rubs shoulders with some pretty (laughs) neat people. He is also a weekly guest on John Rush's Rush to Reason in Denver, Colorado. We are just so excited to have him with us today. Richard Battle, welcome to Love Talk. Well, thank you so much for that introduction. It's, uh, <laughs> I think we need to stand up I, and applaud. I, I, I know, I right? Think my, I think you read it like my mother would have written it. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> uh, well, you're very accomplished, Richard, and you have written yet another book. Uh, is this number 11? Well, this is number 10. Okay, number 10. I'm sorry. Number t- just number 10. But, well, my high school English teachers never dreamed I'd read a book, much less write one. <laughs> and I never dreamed I'd write one, much less this. And this is a very personal and very much an inspired work because a year ago, about this time, I was two-thirds of the way through another volume oh. when this particular inspiration came. And it's, a, it's just a, an amazing story, I think coming together. Okay, so you were in, you were almost finished with another manuscript and then all of a sudden the Lord impressed upon your heart, "No, Richard, stop writing that even though it's almost finished and just start something new." Yes. Okay, how did that happen? <laughs> so, well, so wait, wait. Did you finish the other one? Not yet because oh, okay. I've been impressed with another project. Oh my gosh. I've already started. But this was so amazing because it has two pieces that are over 25 years apart Mm. that came together as a catalyst. And so that's what's so amazing and humbling to me. And there's a radio piece to it as well. And it shows, and we'll get to the question about God's with us in the smallest moments. And we, we think a lot of times that only the big things he'll care about so why should we trouble him with our day-to-day things Mm. but it's just unbelievable so years ago when I became a father for the first time and I was an older father for the first time I had a 
concern when my son was about six months old that I might not survive to teach him the important lessons in life. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote him a letter and I outlined 43 things that I thought were critical. And a friend asked me why 43, and well, it's all I could think of. (laughs) (laughs) So I wrote the the letter, and in case something happened to me, three months later, he was lost. Mm -hmm. And so he never got to open the present of that letter. Mm -hmm. And my method of grief was studying scripture, journaling, reading as many books as I could on loss of a child. Mm -hmm. And what I found five months later Uh, Another couple in the church lost a son. I shared my notes with them, and they said, Mm -hmm. you should should put these into a book. And so I did, and that book was Surviving Grief by God's Grace, Mm -hmm. which was the second book that I authored. Never dreamed I'd write a second book. (laughs) And this letter was put in as an appendix on that book. And Mm -hmm. after that, I pretty well lost thought of it for a long, long time. You put it in a cabinet. Put it in a file and let it go. And Uh so... Uh, some A couple of years ago, I found the letter again, and I put it as an appendix in Navigating Life's Journey. And what happened was last year, about a year ago, uh, I was doing Father's Day radio segments, and the pitch that we had given to different stations was about Father's Day, grieving over Father's Day, and then the mm-hmm. lessons from this particular letter letter that might help fathers raising mm-hmm. children. And so I had an interview scheduled at a station in Iowa that I'd appeared on before, and that segment is always four minutes long. Okay. And I'm going to abbreviate this a little bit, but I have a chapter which details the amazing story of this. And so it was 7.39 in the morning, and I had to drop my truck off at a Ford dealership to get it serviced at 7 o'clock, and I thought, I'll do the interview at the service lounge. About 7.30, the service lounge fills up. I look across the breezeway, and the sales lounge is empty, so I go over there, sit down. The phone rings. I'm talking. I hear someone open the door and walk by, but don't think a lot of it. And I leave uh, after the four-minute interview. My truck's finished. Hour drive home, about halfway home, the phone rings. I don't recognize the number, so I don't answer it. At the next stop sign, I see a voicemail from the dealership. And the natural reaction is, oh, gosh, oh, no. they messed up something. <laughs> so I, ca- I called the dealership back, and, and a guy entered the phone, and he said, were you the person talking in the sales lounge? And I said, yes, I was. And he said, I just wanted to call and thank you because last night I prayed to God that he would send somebody to help say something that could comfort me because I lost my daughter a couple of months ago. Oh, and, wow. I, and I believe he sent you just for this reason. What? And I was just floored and so humbled, as you might imagine, mm-hmm. because first I wanted to try to help him. And then after I left, I got to thinking about all the things that had to line up for that four minutes for him to accidentally come in and see. He did not know I was on a radio interview. He just thought I was on a phone call. Mm-hmm. The people in Iowa at the radio station, they didn't know somebody from Texas heard my half of the conversation, Mm -hmm. and so they had no idea they were reaching this person and benefiting Mm -hmm. that person, and as I thought of all the things that had to line up, which I write about, it was pure providence of God for that to happen in that finite space of time, and so a few days later, I was speaking to a friend of mine who knew about the letter, and when I told him about this, he says, you've got to write this as a book. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the unopened present is. I went back into each of the 43 lessons. I expanded on it with examples, stories, mm-hmm. quotes, scripture for each one of them. And they're set up to where someone can read them independently or however they want. Very easy reading. But they're all things that we think everyone should be taught. But what we're seeing in our culture is a lot of times people aren't being taught these things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping and I'm getting a lot of great feedback that this is a great template and tool for people to raise children, lead Boy Scout groups or little league teams or things anywhere where they've got an opportunity to impact young people. There's an opportunity to teach from it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. What a story. Uh, Friends, there are no coincidences in life. That um, encounter with Richard at the car dealership was, or the service department was not a coincidence. That is God. 
And friends, when we return to Love Talk, we'll have more with Richard Battle, the unopened present. I can't wait to hear more. This book is amazing. And you'll hear more uh, from Love Talk and Richard Battle when we return right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on the Bridge Austin Central Texas Christian Talk. I'm Kathy Indebrock in the Evelyn Davison Love Talk studio with <laughs> Coach Carrie Brinkater and Marlene McMichael and our very special guest, Richard Battle, talking about his new book, The Unopened Present. And friends, over the break, we just are just all over Richard about the opening story mm-hmm. that he shared. I was reaching for some tissues myself, just the the awesome, awesome way that God works out all of the details mm-hmm. to accomplish his will in our lives. Friends, if you missed it, I want to tell you, you are going to want to go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com and pull up this program, The Unopened President present with Richard Battle and listen to that first segment or go to whatever podcast uh, type uh, site that you use, whether it's Apple or Spotify, and pull up this program. You're going to want to go back and hear that story. Richard, I am just floored with the details that you shared in our opening segment. So we, we have kind of then why you decided to write the unopened present and what an amazing way that God just reached right into that moment moment and showed you what what he wanted to do and what he wanted to accomplish with this book. I, I want to step further into this. Talk to me about um, about the unopened present and the, the key chapters that you really think are the most transformative. If we had to hand this book to a friend and they had Five minutes to read a particular chapter. Which one would you have them open to? Oh, wow. Wow, what pressure. (laughs) (laughs) The first first thing I want to add to it is the title itself was inspired also because I went through different options using the word gift versus Mm -hmm. the word present. Mm -hmm. The word unopened came to me because not only did my son not be able to open the letter, but our Tomorrow is an unopened day for us. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is an open, but it'll be present tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so there's a double meeting with the name there. Mm-hmm. Now, the first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat a little bit and do two here because the first one is God exists, have faith, pray, listen, mm-hmm. which has to be number one. But the second one I did was about love your mother because, again, yes. this was written for my six-month-old son, and it was written based on me assuming I wouldn't be there. And so I wanted to let him know that she loved him unconditionally and deserved his love and respect. And one of the things I did with him and then later my daughter, anytime I would leave, because I traveled a lot on business, I would always say to them, take care of your mother. Mm -hmm. I'm counting on you to take care of your mother. Even when they were too young to understand what that meant, I wanted to ingrain that responsibility to the family in them above and beyond any other relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, Richard, as I was going through your book, I I printed off several different uh, chapters that I wanted to discuss, and that was, that was one of them, you know, <laughs> love and care for your mother. Um, my husband just had a big birthday uh, last week, and we uh, my kids and I, we wrote down 50 things that we loved about him, right? And one of the things my son wrote was, I love the way you take care of mom, even though it's a little unconventional at times. <laughs> I just cracked up. But, he's not- you know, he's 18, and he's noticed over the years the little things that my husband does to take care of, not only me, but the yeah. family, obviously, right? But... That's so important for my son to see and my daughter to see that, how a man should treat his wife um, because that just carries over. And hopefully she'll choose a man like him to marry, right? And so I, I loved that one so much. Our kids can learn so much from how a father steps in and, and cares for his wife. Well, you're exactly correct. and. So I have to tell another story. That's in Please the, do. It's in the book Made in America by Americans, not Americans, not this latest <laughs> book. But uh, when I was growing up, my mother would tell me there was a table that my great-great-grandmother had, 
And my mother would tell me about her serving milk and cookies to my great-grandmother when she was a teenager. My great-grandmother lived till I was nine years old, so I had a relationship with her. Well, I've since inherited that table. And I I think about it because when I was a a kid, my dad, when he'd get a second piece of pie after dinner or something, he'd say, (laughs) what difference is going to make 100 years from now? We'd laugh at it. Well, now I look at that table. It's about 150 years old. Mm -hmm. And my mother told me that the thing they did back in those days, they'd have a little autograph book. And when you went over to a friend's house, you'd sign their little autograph book. Well, after my mother passed, I found a picture of my great-grandmother as a teenager, and I found her autograph book. And the autographs in it were... 1884. Oh, my goodness. And what was amazing to me, because when I was younger, 100% went in the left ear and 99.9% went out the right (laughs) ear, unlike your son at 18. No, no, no. A lot goes out. A lot goes out, believe me. But all of a sudden, I had this aha moment because that was a physical manifestation of how my great-great-grandmother, who then was a influencer is the term they'd use today Mm -hmm. because over milk and cookies she was teaching those life lessons Mm -hmm. like you just referred to Mm -hmm. that are passed down by example generation to generation and i'm a huge believer that the things we do today will impact a hundred years from now the question is how because that impact on your son Mm -hmm. from your husband will go down through his grandchildren and beyond that generation. Mm-hmm. And so while everyone may not have a table to be a physical manifestation, I think most people, when they hear this story, can think, wow, I can remember my grandmother as well. And so I know, and it changes our decision process mm-hmm. and our responsibilities and everything. And that fits totally with the unopened present lessons as mm-hmm. well. I love it. I love it. Wow. Okay, so... Uh, all right, you've, you've written this book, but obviously you have been developing. You said you became a father for the first time a little bit later in life. You had been developing these philosophies on life for a long time. So um, how did you develop these? I mean, did you did you have them written somewhere, like on, on scrap pieces of paper, or did you just sit down all at once and write this letter to your to your son? Well, I, I think that's a great question. So when I wrote the letter, I wrote them all at once. But, yes, they had to develop over <laughs> yeah. over a period of life and, sure. and experiences and observations. Yeah. And I thought about what's the most important things he needs to learn to have a, a blessed life. Mm. And that was where the list came up from, and that mm-hmm. was how many I could think of at the time. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's a pretty extensive list. I have to go back to his table because I have my great-grandmother and grandfather's table oh, in nice. my uh, dining room. But it, it triggered in my mind uh, something I saw recently, that it takes, for every person, it takes 4,094 people over 400 years to produce you because you have, you know, two parents, four grandparents, you know, and then just expound that. Over 400 years, there's 4,000 whatever people involved in me. Yes. Ah. And so, I mean, that's a lot to think about. And the fact that, you know, I have my, you have your great-grandparents' table. I have mine. And I remember what happened on, you know, in that room with that table and around that table. And, uh if you can remember a table, you can remember a lesson. I mean, you know, it's, well, so it's important to teach our youngsters. Yes. And, and why it's so important uh, in the unopened present, I think, addresses this is our culture, our politicians, our media, and it's nonpartisan politicians. They want us focused on right now, yeah. nothing beyond it. Right. They want us to forget the past, forget the future, just think right now. And if we do that, shame on us because we have the wisdom of the ages at our fingertips and we have people we can learn from. And it's our responsibility to pass that along to future generations, whether they're our kids or, or we have impact on others. A legacy. Yeah, I, I, I went to Life Surge with Nick Vujicic. And one of the things they talk about is, is to leave a legacy you know, for your children, and it doesn't have to be money. It, it's a legacy is who you are as a person and as a as a family and culture. Well, and one of the things I think that also is a pressure, especially on younger parents, you're so busy with life's requirements, mm-hmm. making a living, making the bed, making dinner, mm-hmm. raising the kids and everything. Most times 
you don't give a conscious thought to the long-term impact. You just think about getting through the day and the week. Mm -hmm. And so this tool can be a help to people in making sure they think about those things and then are able to Mm -hmm. provide that teaching and guidance ahead of time so that when the kids are 18, they'll write great letters to their dad (laughs) on his birthday. (laughs) Well, I I think it's about being very deliberate about teaching and instruction Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and you know, in the rush, we forget that sometimes. Well, and my daughter, who's 24 now, it's funny because <laughs> I would be doing things like that for her, and sometimes she'd say, Dad, I don't need a life lesson right now. Yeah. Oh, we forgot. <laughs> I've yes. heard that one, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know, Richard, I'm, I'm thinking my, my dad, he always, for Christmas and for my birthday, he always uh, sends me a card if he's not, well, even when he's right there with me, he will put a card in the Christmas tree for me. And he always writes things in the card. He's not just assigned the card and have it done. He just, he writes these beautiful letters in the card. And so I have shoeboxes and shoeboxes of these cards that my dad has written me over the years. And I'm just thinking about all of these individuals who maybe don't have a dad or they didn't have an engaged dad. And I think about the kind of the epidemic of fatherlessness in our nation today. And so I would just love to speak to those listeners right now who are kind of in this situation. You know, maybe you're a single mom and you know that you want, you need that father's voice to speak into your your kiddos' lives. Or maybe those young men or women who didn't have, you know, a dad growing up or their dad was not a great dad if you would like to get some wisdom, a wonderful, loving, insightful wisdom from a dad, you can go and get the unopened present by Richard Battle and just open it like a, a letter from your own dad, from a, some life lessons from your own dad. And moms, single moms, you can read this to your kiddos knowing that it has come from a dad who just loves his kids and wants the best for his kids and has just a wealth of experience and knowledge and a great love for Jesus in the wisdom that he shares. So, I mean, Richard, I just love that you're sharing this with so many. You haven't kept it to yourself. <laughs> you haven't left it filed away in that in that file box in that cabinet, but that you're getting it out so that it can really impact as many lives as, as it can. And I I just love that, and I so admire you for that. Well, I appreciate that, and this has been used as a great gift item as graduation. Mm-hmm. It's a great gift item for this, birthdays. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so many opportunities, and the lessons in there are all timeless. They're all based on the wisdom of the ages, Judeo-Christian values, so they're timeless. It can be used for multi-generations. Mm-hmm. And the other part of that table story, my great-great-grandparents had a piece of property they bought in 1854. I've inherited a small piece of it. And I know nothing about my great-great-grandfather except a picture right before he passed. Mm-hmm. I have nothing. So when you have something like Kathy's dad's cards, mm-hmm. those are things that multi-generations can read, not only for the lessons, but to see what the heart of that person was. It's and so important. I encourage yeah. people to take this document, make your own letter, uh, do things like Kathy's dad as well, because you never know future generations who may be touched by that in your family or beyond. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kathy, are you getting any ideas about writing a book now? <laughs> another one? I should say another I'm, one. <laughs> I'm going to go pull out all of those shoe boxes, I think, and just be like, okay, Dad, I'll give you credit for it. Yeah. I, exactly. Well, and so Richard, I love that. So you took this original letter, these original mm-hmm. um, 43 points, but then you combined them with scripture with motivational with motivational quotes as well and then you also included something that i think is so neat to engage the reader that has that book in front of them you have battles point, ba- battles bullets to inspire readers and um and you you allow the readers to kind of write what this has meant 
to them. Can you tell us um, why you feel that, that this is the best approach and why you use this approach to communicate your message yeah. and to fully benefit the reader? Well, I, I write like I speak, and when I speak and if, if I'm talking about one of these lessons, what I want to do is share the lesson, but then I want to have an example or a story, a quote, a scripture to reinforce it, and then I want to stimulate someone to think on their own what it means to them, how they can implement it in their own lives, how they can benefit other people, whether they do it the first day they pick the book up or whether they go in and put a note in the book years later once they have a, a different event happen. Mm-hmm. So I I really like point number five, Richard. Um, the title is Always Have a Positive Attitude, right? And you think you can or you think you can't. Either way, you will be right. Um, you say you, you have three, I guess, additional points here that um, are amazing. Nothing positive is ever accomplished with a negative attitude. Obviously, right? Um, And no one wants to be around people who constantly hold a negative attitude. And I think the third one is really important, how a positive attitude has a direct impact on health and lifespan. And you use a, um, an example from the Nazi concentration camps back in World War II and how people with a positive attitude survived. Um, but there have been so many studies recently that show that people who conduct themselves on a day-to-day basis with a positive mind frame live longer and have a healthier life. And so this is, um, I, I love this one because in our world of social media and just all of the ridiculousness that is in our face 24 seven. Um, and like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a society that for, that wants us to focus in the right here and the right now and have, and have no regard for what is happening in the long term. Right. And so this one always have a positive mm-hmm. attitude. I got to say, every time I've ever seen you and interacted with you, you are delightful. Mm-hmm. You are so fun to be around. Um, and so you've really taken this one to heart as I mean, you wrote this years ago, over 25 years ago. Yes. Yeah. And I, I believe it wholeheartedly. Viktor Frankl was the person from the Nazi concentration yeah. camp. He wrote the book Man's Search for Meaning. He was a psychologist and studied the prisoners in the concentration camps and so he had empirical evidence of that not just uh, individual evidence but just think of the people you've been around i've been around some pretty negative people in life none of them ever did anything none of them lived long the people i know that are older have had the most positive attitudes Uh, i talked about coming in from a softball game earlier i saw a game between 90 year old guys in las vegas last september oh my god And those guys were the most enthusiastic happy people i'd seen in a long time and i think it contributed to their ability to be out there and play the game they loved as a kid and it just makes a big difference and so as we observe people how they are just if we pay attention we'll see that Every day, yes, uh, in people we work with, people in our family, yes, and to me, everyone who's accomplished anything, you go back and they have to start with a positive attitude, and they have to maintain that when adversity comes as well, which it comes to all of us, and the question is, how do you handle it? And if you get knocked down and don't get back up, you don't succeed. Mm-hmm. You have to get back up again and keep going. You know, I've seen this firsthand. I teach fitness classes for people with Parkinson's disease. And the I, just one example, I had this couple. They've been married for 66 years, right? And the, the wife would bring her husband in, and he had lived with Parkinson's for over 20 years. And every time they came, oh, my stars, I just love them so much. Um, she would be like, honey, you can do it. You look great. Oh, baby, that's That is so good. Like, she was the ultimate encourager, and they just had the sweetest relationship. They loved the Lord, and it was very evident in how they treated one another, but also Mm. in their outlook of a disease that is not fun, right? It's, it's, It's not. But he lived with that, I think, 
so long because of his positive attitude and his wife's positive attitude as well. And so we do. We see it all around us every day. So I loved that chapter. No, I think I think that's a great <laughs> example and one of the greatest gifts I think we can give to anyone. It doesn't cost us anything is encouragement. Mm-hmm. And I try to encourage people, find one person a day that you can encourage. Mm-hmm. And you never know when that one word might change their lives in the world. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. Yeah. 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 You know, and there is, there is, um, gosh, what lesson is it? It's lesson six, and it kind of goes, it, it, it's kind of like the, the the sister or the, you know, to 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 the other lesson of have a positive attitude. But lesson six, you, six, you say, don't speak ill of others. Mm-hmm. And I find it's almost impossible mm-hmm. to have a positive attitude and speak ill of others. But when we have a positive attitude, we do naturally tend towards that encouragement. And so, Richard, help me understand this. Let's say that we are a person that speaks ill of others. Like we've been raised with it. Our parents have done it. It's been modeled for us. How do we how do we get out of that and, and, and change that? I mean, it's easy to say, hey, don't speak ill of others, but to step into each day and abandon that behavior, how do we make that life change? And then what what will we see as a result once we finally make that life change? Well, I think I think that's a great question, and, and you are exactly correct. Our natural state is to speak ill of others if we are thinking ill of others versus mm-hmm. if we're thinking ill of others, not speaking ill of them. And when it really struck me was my first job after college, I had a, a boss and anytime someone would leave the company, no matter what their performance level was, he would say something negative about them. Uh, and so I knew that whenever I left the company, he'd say something negative about me, uh, regardless of what I did. And so it, it reflected on my opinion of him because I knew he spoke ill. Mm-hmm. And so when I think like that and think, oh, gosh, should I say this about so-and-so or not? Mm-hmm. Then I think, okay, who's going to look at me? and think ill of me for saying something negative. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not perfect. I've fallen many times. Mm-hmm. But when I think about it, I can avoid speaking ill and keep my mouth shut like my grandmother advised, which that's always the great advice. If you don't want your grandmother to find out about something, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, your your next chapter is about staying away from negativity, yeah. you know, and um <laughs> you write, stay away from negative people. They have a problem for every solution. <laughs> and it's so true. You know, I, I think in this day and age, we, we we get choices. And sometimes we just have to choose to not be around those people who are negative. There well, are a lot of other people out there to choose from. Yes, and I think uh, that was Einstein's quote, so I want to make sure he gets proper yeah, credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, that's exactly correct. And it's the old rotten apple spoil the whole barrel type situation. When you're around negative people, they will make you negative. And w- or if you're around negative people and other people see you, then they're going to think negatively of you just by association. Yeah. So it's the same thing. And they'll drag you down in your performance down because they will tell you what you can't do not what you can do. Mm -hmm. And I want to be around people that care for me and want me to succeed and will help me to do so. And that's why it's so important to find and have a good mentor in your life that cares about you and will help you and accomplish your dreams. Well, further down the list, you talk one of your topics is be proactive. And I think Mm. what, what you just finished saying, I think I'm learning more and more we have to be very deliberate about our objectives. You know, if you want to go see Susie down the street, you you got to put it on the calendar. You got to you got to make the decision to do it. And to me, that's also being very proactive. So talk about that one a little bit. Well, yes. And the tendency for people is to not be proactive. And especially if and I have it a different chapter about how successful people will do the jobs they don't want to do. They'll do them anyway, whereas less successful people don't do the jobs they don't like doing. So there's a similarity there. And if you're proactive, you're going to get things accomplished. If you're proactive, people will recognize that and opportunities will flow to you. If they see you avoiding activity or responsibilities, they won't want to give you additional opportunities. So there's so many benefits. The old expression, don't let the grass grow under your feet. Mm -hmm. And so normally, especially as I get a little bit more mature now, 
I, I like to be more proactive so I don't forget to do something. <laughs> <laughs> deliberate, being deliberate. That's right. That's right. Oh, that just hit home. Oh, dear, that, did, that did hit home. Well, friends, we do have one more segment with Richard Battle. We're having a great time today. It's so awesome to have Richard here. As you can tell, he's so passionate about his new book, The Unopened Present. And we do have one more segment um, here on Love Talk. So please stay with us. Um, We have great sponsors that allow us to be on the radio every single week with you. So we pray that you'll just hang on right through that break because we have more with Richard Battle and the unopened present right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on The Bridge, Austin Central Texas Christian Talk. I'm Kathy Endebrock in the studio with the marvelous Marlene McMichael and the amazing coach Carrie Brinkader and our incredible guest, Richard Battle. And we've been discussing his newest book, The Unopened Present. And, friends, we've had an incredible conversation. If you are just now joining us for the last segment, you can go and get this broadcast on your uh, favorite podcast on Spotify Apple, wherever you get your podcast, go to Love Talk. Just search for Love Talk, smash it together, all one word, and you will see our three shiny faces coming, looking right back at you, and you can pull up today's program. You can also get it on the Love Talk Network. That's lovetalknetwork.com. Go to our archives. You can pull it up there, and you can always live stream this, friends, every Saturday at 10 a.m. and Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Well, it's great to be with you today. And Richard, I want to read this excerpt from your book. Um, It's on page 127. It says, The Gate of the Year. God knows. And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, Give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, Go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth, and finding the hand of God, trod gladly into the night, and he led me towards the hills and the breaking of day in the lone east. Now, there's a story why you included this particular excerpt. It's excerpted from God Knows by Minnie Louise Gaskins. Will you share with us why why it is that you included this excerpt in your book? Well, it's interesting. This poem was written in 1908 and published in 1912, and I don't read much poetry, so (laughs) me seeing this was pretty amazing. But I was watching a movie one day. It was made in 1940 called The Mortal Storm, and it was about the impending invasion of Austria by Adolf Hitler, and it focused on a family and all the different things that they were experiencing. And it was a perilous time, and to me, I thought, When this poem was read at the end of that movie to talk about the perilous time they were in, I thought it fit the time that we're in, which adds to the emphasis and the importance of the things that we're talking about, teaching young people, perpetuating the freedoms and the gifts we've been given but didn't earn from God as well as from our founders. And we have a responsibility to do that. And, of course, What's better than putting our hand in the hand of God and letting him lead us? Uh, As I've mentioned before, that I can look back on my life. Everything I've ever done successfully, I see his handprints Mm -hmm. everywhere. Everything I've failed at, I don't see his handprints because I went on without him. You see your footprints. I see my footprints. (laughs) (laughs) And so to me, it was just a perfect wrap for the end of the manuscript and the story because it points to the one who we need to help us every day. Mm, I love that. Mm. I love that. Mm. Wow. Um, All right, Richard. So in Appendix C, towards the end of your book, you um, have these battles bullets, which I love. Um, Now, one of these really caught my eye. If we lengthen our perspective before faced with difficult circumstances – we're ready. We're we're more likely to choose better paths, leading to happier and more successful lives for us and those who follow us. Okay, so lengthening our perspective before we're faced with difficult circumstances. So, Richard, you mean we have to, you know, prepare something for the future? What? It's not all about today? What do you mean by lengthening our perspective? Well, well I think if we think longer term ahead of time, yeah. it will factor into our decisions. And so I'm going to use Stephen Covey and Seven Habits of Highly Effective People 
because his analogy was, picture yourself laying in your casket after you've died and look at the people that are attending your service. How do you want them to think about you? Mm-hmm. And if you want them to think a certain way, then every decision you make from this point forward should contribute to how they will feel at that particular time. Mm. And when you think like that, it affects your decisions. If you're just thinking about the moment, good or bad, then you're going to make decisions at the moment. And then a lot of times that's going to not only affect that decision, but other situations in the future. And you may find yourself with less opportunities for better decisions. Mm. And it's almost like when I had business problems in in the corporate world, salespeople sometimes would bring the problems to you as late as possible. And I try to teach them that the earlier you bring the problem, the more alternatives there are to solve it. And it's the same thing when we are making decisions every day about our lives. And if we think about that end, begin with the end in mind, as, mm-hmm. as Covey says, we'll be in a much better shape. And if we illustrate that to our children and get them to buy into it because they see the effect of it, it will be life-changing for them. Mm-hmm. Lengthening our perspective. Yeah, I really, really like that. Well, the, the tendency, and I've used this analogy before, too, you're walking down the street and the problem comes up like a little dog biting at your ankle. And when that happens, <laughs> normally you take your eye off the horizon and you look down at your feet at the little dog. Sure. And if you haven't looked at the horizon and knew where you were going, you're going to have a problem. And so you want to get your vision back off that dog as fast as possible and back on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Back where you're going, for sure. You know, I love that because everything that you share, it it, it is, a, is biblical in principle. You know, God tells us, keep our eyes on him, that we are to have an eternal perspective, that the things that we are working towards, if you know, if you are at your job, and all you want to do is make a name for yourself and make as much money as you can so that you can buy as many things as you can, you're not going to have a very impactful or meaningful or joyful life. And so I love that, Richard, that when we're looking at anything in our life, whether it's our work or our family, we need to lengthen our perspective and take that eternal perspective and look at what is truly good and right and pleasing and true um, in terms of God, what is good and right and pleasing to God rather than what is good and right and pleasing to me at this very moment, looking at that from a longer term perspective. I think that's incredibly powerful. Well, it is, and here's something I think is important, too. Even though this is what I'd call a Christian book, and there's a scripture for each lesson, this is not something that will beat people over the head if they're not Christian. Right. And yeah, have yes. them put the book down. It's it's written in a common-sense way that people can understand and appreciate. And if they're not Christian, they may skip the scripture, but they'll get the lesson, which is based on Christian principles. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of... Um of stuff in here, Richard. Little comments, quotes, anecdotes from, is it Papa? Papa Battle? That was my dad. That was what he would have been called by my son. And okay, so Papa. Yeah. Um, I, I had a Papa <laughs> as well, but he, uh, apparently your Papa Battle was very wise and passed along a lot of things to you. And um, he said, you don't have to know everything. But you do have to know enough to keep you from being taken advantage of. So you have a whole chapter on that, chapter 17. Talk to us about that one. Well, that's so true. And, I mean, again, that's just uh, Texas country common sense, basically, (laughs) because some of the smartest people I know and have known in life have had the least education, and some of the Mm. dumbest people I've known have had the most formal education, but they didn't have the common sense. And so that. that was a pure common sense thing. Because if you don't know everything, we can find knowledge. And today with our phones, it's at our fingertips all the time. But that discernment is the biblical principle, the discernment to keep from being taken advantage of. uh, That has to come from wisdom and experience and observation and teaching. Well, and being in the Word. I think discernment comes a lot from being in the Word and then knowing that that's the, the Holy Spirit speaking to you going, hey, wait a minute, 
you, do you see those red flags? Because I sure am waving them really big in front of your face. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not going to notice those red flags if we're not in the Word. That, that's exactly right. And that's yeah. obviously the base of all teaching mm-hmm. comes from the Word. Yeah. Well, Richard, parting thoughts for for our listening friends mm-hmm. about the unopened present. Well, this has been such a, a personal story for me to tell, and I've enjoyed so much and have been humbled so much by people already just in the introductory period that have talked about how it's impacted them. And if you're thinking about something to read, if you're thinking about gifts for young people mm-hmm. to help them, if you're leading young people, uh, I ask that you look at it because I think there's tools in there that can help. Oliver Wendell Holmes, the Supreme Court Justice, said a man's mind, once expanded with a new idea, cannot return to its previous state. Mm. So all it takes is one idea to change somebody's life in their path. And I think we have a lot to offer here and appreciate the opportunity to share it with the listeners. Awesome. How can they find your book? Well, all of my works are at Amazon. They're including Kindles and audio versions. Uh, Audio Miss will be out next month. Uh, richardbattle.com. All books are signed there. If you have gifts that you want to do, order at my website and send me an email, richard at richardbattle.com, and I'm happy to inscribe the gifts as well. And uh, like I say, I've been amazed at how many people are using this for gifts. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, ladies... Our time has come to an end, but listening friends, I just want to encourage you. You know, this is an awesome book by a wonderful author, and um, today is Saturday, and I would encourage you to find a local church, find a place where you can get into the Word, friends, and you can start to learn more about how Jesus is going to wrap you up and love you right where you are. You don't have to clean up. Um, every single thing in your life to step through the doors of a church, friends. Jesus meets us right where we are. And he loves us through us, through all of our things. And he whispers to us, I have a better plan for your life. And friends, we want you to know that. If you have any questions, you can find us on all socials. We'll be happy to interact with you there. And um, we're on all of the podcasts at Love Talk. Smash that together and you can find all of our podcasts. You're going to want to send this podcast to all of your friends because this is a great, great program. Friends, we love you. For my co-host, Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael, and for our good friend, Richard Battle, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater, and we'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.